Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Lost Rhetoric. I am Jason Dingus. Thank you, as always, for being here with me. And if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. Big numbers last week. Uh, I, last week's episode, the Lonnie Zamora incident with Emily Donat, was by far my the the most listened to episode in a week's time since my inaugural episode. So thank you a ton for for tuning in and as always please tell everyone you know spread the word uh i I love seeing new listeners and i love seeing that people actually listened to the full episode you know so again thank you guys for 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 the big numbers last week um let's get into the top five i'm gonna i'm gonna switch it up I've been doing the top five cities in terms of uh, listenership based on an all-time number, you know, which which town has listened to the show the most uh, throughout its history. But I'm going to switch it up to who listened the most last week, who listened to the last episode the most, because there's a little more variation in there and you know i'll give an update every every i don't know maybe month or so on what the all-time numbers are but this week i'm going to go with who listened the most to the last episode in the last seven or ten days i guess because um if, if you follow closely you know i switched the release date of the new episodes or the release day from friday mornings to now sunday mornings uh, and that was just out of convenience for myself and my family and my guests. It's just a lot easier to record uh, on a Saturday night instead of a Wednesday. So, yeah, this is this is these are the top five cities from the last basically week and a half that listened to the last episode. So coming in at number one, Happy Valley, Oregon always showing up always showing out thank you so much happy valley number two and new to the 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 list in general is santa fe new mexico and i can only attribute that to emily and all of her friends and maybe some of mine that still live there but it's gotta be mostly hers uh so thank you santa fe uh number three winchester virginia my hometown, as usual, thank you for for listening. <laughs> uh, number four, another new one, Los Angeles, California. Coming in hot. Thank you, L.A. Uh, and number five, Albuquerque, New Mexico, who has been in the all-time top five before. But it's nice to see uh, two towns in New Mexico come in the top five, especially since the episode was about an incident in their state. So thank you guys all for listening. Also, um, it's getting a little international around here. Um, you know, most of the listeners are in the, the United States, of course. Uh, I've had listeners in Germany and France basically since the beginning, just a couple, but in Canada as well. But new to uh the podcast this week uh ireland and united kingdom so welcome listeners in the uk and ireland ireland may have been there a a couple weeks ago i can't really remember but 
UK definitely knew. So thank you all for tuning in. And yes, as usual, tell every single person you know and share a link. Spread the word. I would love it. Um, so I'm going to get into what music I've been listening to. But first, before I do that, uh, it's this week's a little difficult. It's a little... It's not necessarily what I've been listening to. It's based around who we've lost in the last week because it's pretty staggering the the amount of people that have passed away in the last week that, you know, I'm fans of. And, uh, yeah, with everything that's going on in this country and especially in Portland, it just adds to... Portland, Oregon, of course, where where I live. Just in case you didn't know, uh, it just adds to just the the overwhelming craziness uh, of it all. Uh, like literally, right before I started recording this, I saw that Cliff Robinson, the old Portland Blazer, just passed away, which is crazy. And just yesterday, I learned of Chadwick Boseman's passing, like everyone else did. But I I don't know about you, but I had no idea he was even sick. And that came as a huge shock because I'm a fan and it was, yeah, it was amazing to, to, to even learn that fact and learn that he, he executed those roles, those really intense roles that he played while he was battling cancer is, I'm like, I'm just in awe of him as a person. Cause you know, we all know him, Thurgood Marshall, Jackie Robinson, Black Panther, really iconic roles. And the one that I loved him the most in was the James Brown biopic, Get On Up. I thought that was like my introduction to him, really. He was fucking amazing in that. And if you haven't seen it, watch it. I think it's an underrated underrated movie. And he really, really makes it so. Yeah, man, rip Chadwick Boseman. That's fucking crazy. Um, but... Yeah, let's get into the musicians here that we've lost that I actually am fans of, you know. Uh, Justin Towns Earl passed away. Big fan of his. Um, pretty pretty immense loss there. And I'm going to recommend that you Google, look up his uh, performance live on KEXP in Seattle. His uh, performance of the song Mama's Eyes. It's just him and a and a mandolin player in the studio, and it's incredible. A great performance and a great song. So, yeah, Rip Justin Towns Earl, um, Riley Gale, the lead singer from the band Power Trip, who I got to see a couple times. Fucking incredible band. One of my favorite uh, metal bands that are out currently. So that I mean, he was really young and you know you just don't understand why this shit happens and why it comes in these huge clusters but yeah man riley gale rest in peace listen to power trip check them out and uh on a more personal level uh a friend of mine in canada up in bc a friend uh, named graham green passed away and he was in some bands that you know i've played with throughout the years and uh I got to actually see him on our last tour up there last fall a couple times. 
but yeah, he was in some amazing grind and power violence bands. Shooting Spree, Abacha, War Hero. Check them all out. They're all amazing. He was a fucking amazing, hilarious guy. Every time I saw him, I'd just light up. I'd be so excited because he just would make my day. I'm sure he just made everyone's day just by being there. He was very talented, very hilarious, and just, you know, he was just a fucking force. You, you know what I'm talking about. He's just one of those people. So rest in peace, Graham Green, man. I hope, you know, if there is a heaven, you've already ripped out the pearly gates and just replaced it with some fucking gnarly rebar. <laughs> so yeah, man, rough week. So check out all those artists. Uh, yeah, just... Justin Towns Earl, Riley Gale, Graham Greene. Watch the movies of Chadwick Boseman. Watch some Cliff Robinson highlights. Uh, man, just intense. Uh, so, tonight, I will be talking to uh, my best friend of all time, actually. I, I've My guest tonight is JPX, as he is known. <laughs> um... We are going to be talking about uh, Conversations with God, which is a series of books by the author Neil Donald Walsh. Now, specifically, what we're going to be talking about are what they call hebs, which are the highly evolved beings uh, that come up frequently. Well, maybe not frequently, but they come up quite a bit. And, you know, they, they... they're essentially what you would call extraterrestrials or aliens, but it's with a slight twist. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where we're going tonight. Some, uh, new agey, I don't know, self-help, self-realization books with some outer worldly influence uh, mixed in there to, 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 to help humanity realize its true potential here. (laughs) So, um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. And also, you know, with all the, the, the people passing away that I was, I've already mentioned this episode, and this is obviously not planned because we've been planning this for, for weeks uh, the, these books and what we're going to be talking about tonight is is heavy on death and what that means. It's a big part of um, what these these books talk about. So, uh, yeah, it's hopefully it's not too sensitive for some people, but we we will be talking about that quite a bit. Um, it kind of makes me uncomfortable, but. Uh, man, just gotta go through it, right? Um, but yeah, that's it, man. Here we go. This is this is me and JPX talking the uh, highly evolved beans from the Conversations with God books. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Um, a little, a little clips, Virginia, perhaps. Oh, you know how it goes, man. Ain't shit to do but cook out here, right? <laughs> From what I remember, yeah, that seems correct. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes down still. Yeah, let's hope let's hope we don't get in any trouble for, for using that. No. Yeah. They're not gonna come after you. Yeah, fuck it. It'll be alright. They ain't gonna find you. That's that, right. They ain't gonna find me. Uh that's right. So tonight my guest is JPX. Yeah. <laughs> what? <are> you... <laughs> Uh, obviously from Virginia of all places, um, uh, my hometown of Winchester, Virginia. <laughs> oh God, we got a whole soundboard tonight. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> Go so, ahead. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, no, man. Just do your thing. You know, I'll, I'll wait for you. Don't worry. <laughs> if you, if you, if you need me to pause so you can cue something up, you just let me know. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So yeah, tonight JPX, um, my best friend from my hometown, Winchester, Virginia. Uh, yeah, man, how's it going? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it. That's for sure. So yeah, I've I've known I've known you since before I even started school. Since before I was like fucking four years old or something when we met and uh yeah i've known you my whole fucking life basically so uh that's one of the reasons why you are here yes (laughs) over 35 years right uh just over 35 years we've known each other yeah that's more than some people have even been alive yeah some that's more than some people have been married. Or that's longer than some people have been married, if you can believe that shit. I, no, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, I mean... So what are we talking about tonight? That, that's a good question. Um, tonight, we are talking about books that are pretty near and dear to us, in a sense. Uh... Conversations with God by... Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I, I hate to cut you off again. <laughs> you said what now? Uh, which part? Conversations with God? Uh, wait, I thought this was the Andy Kaufman still alive uh, conspiracy theory episode. Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. We're saving that for your podcast. Dude, I've been watching nothing but like Memphis wrestling and taxi <laughs> episodes and i even watched my breakfast with fred blassie i mean like so you basically just been living your life like normal yeah <laughs> to prepare yeah, <laughs> to prepare for the show exactly oh uh, well i think yeah so i've done i've done no research well that's fine i feel like even though i've done a decent amount of fucking research for this episode your your retention and recall for the I guess the lessons in the conversations with God books is probably still better than mine, honestly. Um, well, even though I haven't done any research, I mean, we can still salvage this. Like, if the teachings of conversations with God are true, then there's no such thing as death. So therefore, Andy Kaufman technically is still alive. Somewhere, somehow, yeah, you're right. And we're going to get into that. And uh, 
you can obviously mention and use Andy Kaufman as as an example the whole time if you really want to ram a point home. Uh, yeah. He well, just, it's all the it's all the research I've done. So yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, let's just expect Andy Kaufman to come up a lot then. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, conversations with God is <clears throat> a, a massive series of books, in a sense. Uh, now we're tonight we're gonna focus more specifically on the um, highly evolved beings that are often spoke of throughout certain books. Uh, I'm mainly going to be talking about books two, book three, and book four. Now, if anyone doesn't know about Conversations with God, which I'm sure a lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. I mean, these things were fucking bestsellers, but uh, they're written by a, a, a guy named Neil Donald Walsh, and it all started out as an original trilogy, books one, two, and three, and that's what we got into. Heavy, right? I mean, and honestly, I don't even remember. Did you, I'm sure, introduced me to them? Uh, I don't know, I guess. I, uh, I really don't remember who came about them first and how. Do you remember how you found these books at all? Yes, I found Conversation with God the way most people do, and that's on Paul Negley's back porch with Mike Licklider <laughs> and Terry Boyd. <laughs> that's that's how the millions of people who bought the book to make it a bestseller found it, was Paul Negley's back porch in Winchester, Virginia. I don't know, I figure. Yeah, that makes sense. So, hi Paul, hi Mikey, hi Terry, you guys changed the fucking world and changed our world obviously thanks guys thanks um yeah so you must you must have introduced me to him because i don't remember i was 18 you were 20 i guess ish 20 20, 21 21 and i was 18 going on 19 and we discovered or you discovered i think you discovered and then introduced me to it and then just full on just read the three, the first three books. I think they were all already out. Yeah, they were definitely all already out. Uh-huh. And and uh, not only all out, they were a few years old, all of them, actually. Because yep. uh, uh, book one came out... Well, the conversation started... Uh, well, let's give a little background here. So, Conversations with God is literally a conversation that Neil Donald Walsh, the author, has with God. And he claims that it is through automatic writing, meaning he he got up one morning in 1992, and I'm assuming it was at around 4.23 a.m. in the morning because he claims that every one of these conversations started the meeting time was 4:23 and he later found out after finding his records that were lost and everything I don't know if you know this after finding his birth certificate that he was born at 4:23 yeah so that came later but I'm assuming it all started 4:23 a.m. 
sometime in the spring of 1992. That was book one. Uh, book two came around. The conversation started on Easter Day, uh, 1993. And then book three, the conversation started on Easter, 1994. And these books were published shortly after these conversations. So book one was published in 1995, you know. So that's that's when this whole conversation started for the world, I guess, was 1995. <clears throat> but uh, speaking of Neil Donald Walsh and being born at 423, let's talk about him real quick before we get into this, because, you know, he's the man behind it, man behind the curtain, I guess. Uh, yeah, he... He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in 1943, and uh, he was raised Catholic, and around 15 years old, he started looking into some other religions, and um, whatever, he just started kind of breaking away from from his Catholicism, and uh, then at 19, he dropped out of the University of Wisconsin, and then he started pursuing a job in radio, which he did. He was a radio person. He was a newspaper guy. He was a marketing guy. And he was kind of all over the map, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And he ended up moving to Oregon, where I currently am, and where he still is. He's, he's down in southern Oregon in the Ashland area. Uh, but he, um, in the early 90s was suffering uh, some major setbacks, I guess, in his life. I think he had already been divorced a couple times, but, you know, by this time, by the time the books even started, he was probably, he was probably on his, like, second or third marriage. But, uh, you know, he had a fire that destroyed his house, and I think at the time he was going through one of those divorces, and then he got in a car wreck that broke his fucking neck. So he was just having a real bad time there. And then uh, he ended up homeless for a spell. <laughs> and uh, then he got back into radio, got a job. He was hosting a radio show. And then that's around this time is when he woke up one morning super frustrated. His life wasn't going very well. And he wrote an angry letter to God asking all these fucking questions. And um, God famously replied do you really want an answer to all these questions or are you just venting so yeah that's that's the beginning of what is now over 30 books not all conversations but third there's about 10 conversation books and over 20 like supplementary titles that he's written you know yeah, I can't believe this all started from, like, Neil Donald Walsh's diss record to God, basically. <laughs> Just, like, you know what I mean? And then God was all like, oh! Ooh. You know what I mean? He's like, oh! Damn, dude. That's smooth. You got that soundboard down. And, and, he, and then he was like, <laughs> God came back and responded. <laughs> Shit, man. Hey, I've never done this, but hold on real quick. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Showtime. 
if anyone listens to this show, you know sometimes I have technical difficulties, and I thought I was having some, but I'm not. So we're back. All right, now back to this conversation, this automatic writing that Neil Donald Walsh is having with God, apparently. Um, and you brought this up to me. Uh, it's this automatic writing is also known as alien hand syndrome or Dr. Strangelove syndrome, uh-huh. uh, where, you know, limbs act out on their own and there's, yeah, they don't really, there's no explanation. It's like literally like it's fucking possessed or something, you know? Right. And, and I read that it, it stems from brain injuries, you know? Like like strokes or brain surgery or infections or even possibly migraines. Um and I'm I'm wondering, since he had that fucking car wreck, if he had a if it rattled his brains a little bit and you you just never know. I don't know. But when I saw that I was thinking, hmm, maybe it's a side effect from breaking his fucking neck. You know what? I thought about that. I thought that one of the possibilities is that he might have a severe case of schizophrenia. Do car wrecks bring that on? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, he seems... <laughs> he seems okay to me, but I don't know him personally. I mean, some people probably think he's fucking crazy. But I never really approached this as a crazy guy is having a conversation with God and writing about it. I just kind of always approach it as... Man, this guy's got a lot of good shit to say, actually. Uh-huh. And no matter what he's saying, and you know, if anyone reads these books, if you have any doubt about the validity of it or the genuity of it, he himself addresses it. At, and whatever, God reassures him that it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, it's all about what's the content, you know? Like, don't get distracted by whether this is a real fucking thing or not. Just read the message and take away from it what you will, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm definitely not, I don't have any bad thoughts about him at all. Yeah, awesome. and, yeah, and it's, it's honestly, who gives a shit? If he's making it up, yeah. I, I never cared. If he's, if he is absolutely 100% fraudulent in the sense that he never, this automatic writing thing is total bullshit. I don't really fucking care. He he wrote some really interesting stuff that made me think and like actually kind of changed my life. Yeah. So it's it's actually good, pretty good stuff, you know. Um, but you know the the, the overall message of these books is not what we're going to get into tonight. We're we're going to be focusing more on what he they call the Hebs, which is. The an acronym for highly evolved beings, and they they call them hebs uh, throughout the book, books plural. Uh, so that's that's what I'm going to call them. Um, but before we get into that, let's just say, and I'm just ripping this straight from the internet. The the overall central concept of the conversations with God books. There's four major points one we are all one two there's enough three there's nothing we have to do meaning you know nothing is required of you four 
ours is not a better way. Ours is merely another way, which is a clever way to say there's no right or wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, God gave us free will to choose and experience who we want to be in life. There's no judgment, no condemnation. He wants us to just experience ourselves fully, you know, and what express ourselves and be who we really are and not be told what to do necessarily, but choose what to do, you know, and saw this like beautiful uh, thing, you know, this is what life is and there's there's only what works and what does not work given what it is you're trying to do and <laughs> every decision is a statement of who you are and who you want to be shit like that you know yeah and like That's it. and everything's perfect shit like that it's uh definitely some food for thought uh and um, they, he gets deep, and I, honestly, when I read the, the 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 original trilogy, and you know, I read a couple more after that, like friendship with God and communion with God, and then I kind of gave up because it just seemed like I, maybe he's just banking banking on it, making making money. Maybe maybe the the, the conversations <laughs> nice, uh, yeah, but. I kind of lost interest, but uh, for tonight's purposes, the purpose of this podcast, I didn't read the book, but I listened to the whole new-ish book four, which is the 10th book in the conversation series, but it is called book four because it takes off or it picks up where book three left off and it's all about the Hebs. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, it's like, and this, this conversation for book four started in 2016 and the book was published in 2017. So it's, it's fairly recent. What month of 2016? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think, <laughs> hold on. I, th- I want to say March. But oh, okay, so shit wasn't really that bad yet. Yeah, but motherfuckers were about to be on the campaign trail. It, it's I think it's some Trump shit because it was obvious shit was about to hit the fan. And the whole point behind book four is why didn't this come? Why didn't this come up before in the previous conversations? And God's like, it didn't have to. Now is the perfect time. You guys are need it. You guys are crying out for it. Basically, like now is the t- perfect time for this to come out. Because you guys are in t- turmoil, basically, and you guys fucking need some help. It, you know, whatever. That's my that's yeah, my yeah. that's my two cents about that. Um. But yeah, what I want to do is I kind of want to do chronologically. Start where the books bring up the Hebs, which is in book two. Book one doesn't really say anything about it. It's not really about that. And then somewhere in the middle of book two, they mention Hebs and start getting into it. Kind of tease it a little bit. And then they kind of really get into it in book three. And like I said, all books between book three and book four, which I think there are five? No, six. 
I don't know how much they mentioned it because I haven't read them. So I just focused on book two, book three, and book four. Uh, so yeah, these, these, these highly evolved beings, first off, God in this conversation does not like the term aliens. He doesn't like the term ETs or extraterrestrials, you know, they're, they're, they're heads. They're highly evolved beings. So we'll, we'll get into why here in a little bit, but, um, yeah, let's, let's just, let's just, let's just go from book two here. Uh, page 237 of book two. This is the first mention. Neil Neil Donald Walsh asks cuz like I said it's a conversation it's question and answer so Neil asks beings from outer space are there such things so god replies after saying he that they he prefaces this answer by saying we're going to discuss this in book 3 so I don't really want to talk about it right now you know he says you want to know if there is intelligent life elsewhere in the universe and then he says, yes, of course. Like, just plain and simple, there are, there's life elsewhere in the universe. And he says, some are more primitive, some are more advanced. They have visited us, visited us many times and are here right now. And this is back in 1992, right? Um, and as to why they are here, he says, to inquire, in some cases, to gently assist which, which which seems to be their M.O. anyways, they're here to help, you know? They're like John Stockton. Yeah. But they're not helping enough. They're not what? They're not helping enough. Right? I mean, come on, aliens. Get with it. I mean, we're fucked. Yeah, don't call them aliens, though. That's probably why they're oh, not. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but take, take two. Yeah, but these little John Stocktons are running around in human form on Earth or wherever, whatever fucking planet in whatever universe they decide to go where they want to help people, they they show up, you know? So uh, an example of, of how these, these Hebs have been on the planet Earth and assisting human beings is look at the technological boom of the last 75 years like you know basically the whole 20th 20th century uh and how everything that they that man accomplished just is insane just overshadows everything for just thousands of years before you know just in in 75 years just he calls it a comprehension explosion and it's true, and it's a quantum leap in in a sense. You know, it's like, and he, and he says you don't get that it's a step for forward of such magnitude and such proportion as to defy any progression of logic. Like he or he's saying that it's a step forward of such magic magnitude and such proportion that it defies logic. Right? It's just like you don't you don't think. Have you have you never thought of the progress of man advancing so quickly that you might have been helped? Like, how did it come about so fast 
you know, unless maybe some folks were here gently uh, throwing some ideas out there and throwing some, um, I don't know, intention and some ideas, floating some shit around like, you know, you know, nudging, nudging somebody and saying, hey, man, what about this fucking steam engine over here, you know? But the, the the main thing about these Hebs is they, and this is something that comes up all the time, they are not here to tell us what to do. That's a big point. They're not here to lead us because the effectiveness of what they're trying to teach us would all go away if we looked to them as as leaders like basically we would turn them into gods if they just flat out got up on a soapbox and told us exactly what to do technologically and spiritually you know like this is how this is what we do this is how you're supposed to fucking do it that's not why they're here they are here to help us and assist us and lead by example in human form in the form of someone you might fucking know, you know, I mean, it could be you, who knows, but you're, they're here to, uh, yeah, to, to, oh, I forget, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but yeah, they're, 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 they're here to nudge us. Yeah. Yeah. They're with, with intention, you know, like we we are supposed to i mean it's just like any anyone who knows anyone that you find inspiring that's the word they're here to fucking inspire us <laughs> what if it's donald trump like what if you know he's just playing this heel role like andy kaufman did on memphis just like coming in and being the bad guy mm-hmm. to inspire us right right you know to do what be- no, I don't know. Well, he inspires me to be better because it, you can't. I hate how much I hate him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could hate anyone anymore. And I don't even fucking know the guy personally. But, yeah, he's not highly evolved in any way. There's no fucking way. There's no way. Yeah. But, yeah. Whatever. I don't but what if it's a, what if it's a heel role though? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what you're saying, and you know what? In in this this realm of like cyclical talk and rhetoric in these conversations with God books, that never really comes up. But I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. Because <laughs> but they never say that they play devil's advocate. That's not why they're here. They're not here to play games. They're not. They don't do shit like that. They're 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 above that shit. Um, and that that brings me to the other thing. It's like so if they're if they're technologically if we're taking cues from them, why aren't they helping us out spiritually? You know, like why aren't they just like snapping fingers and making us like divine beings or at least understand that we are one with with God and all this stuff and. The answer is God says that they are, but it's a slow process, takes great patience, 
takes lifetimes, takes generations to make that change, which makes sense to me. Because, like I said, if there's if if we're just told what to do, we would, you know, we wouldn't find anything within ourselves. We wouldn't change from. Right. The point is, we have to change from within. We They're have, trying to teach us to fish instead of feeding us for a day. Right. However that goes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like. Uh, the, he says you got to to foster the wisdom and not to force it is the is the point and to allow you to create it to allow you to create what you desire so yeah so it comes from within and it's not just i'm just going to do what this this guy told me to do when you when you make the change for yourself <laughs> when you make the change for yourself it's much more impactful you know and, and yeah. God even says in the book, you tend to hang on a lot longer to that which you've created than to that which you've been told, which makes a lot of sense to me. I don't know. I, I don't agree with all that, but I understand what they're saying. Yeah, because you might be feeling a sense of urgency. Yeah, like yeah. Her, you know, come on, like do something big, and and, and we'll take it from there. We're not gonna rest in our laurels. Uh, yeah, well, Jesus he, Christ, <laughs> they kind of get into that a little bit, um, but it all boils down to what we're gonna get into later. Is we do have time. We have all the time in the world. We have all the time in the world. So no rush. Uh, in in this quote unquote lifetime, you're feeling rushed. But what they're saying is, chill the fuck out. You got all the time. That's it. You don't don't even worry. Uh, but I see what you're saying, and I feel your pain, and I'm actually kind of with you here. But so Neil Neil's asking, will they ever reveal themselves to us? Like truly reveal? Like, hey man, I'm fucking. I'm not from this dimension. I'm a, I'm a highly evolved being over here. And uh, God says, yes, they will. But the time will be when they're ready and that when we are ready, when our consciousness is high, like collectively, and all of our fears are gone. And um, apparently some of them have revealed themselves to some people who are ready to receive that information. They just can't come out to the masses, you know. Because that some people aren't ready, obviously. Um, people aren't even, I mean, yeah, in this country, people aren't ready for a lot of stuff. Uh, so Neil asks if they, asks if they're malevolent and if they mean us harm. These these hebs, and then he says, "Well, I, I keep saying he, but you know, it's a he, she. There's no gender role to God here, like in the, the audio book for book four the 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 voice of God kept switching from a male to a female. Um, I guess I just keep saying he because that's what I've been fucking. Ta- I was raised Catholic too. It was fucking ridiculous. Anyway, so if I keep saying he, I apologize. But um, I heard I heard the audio book. Well, I used to listen to those audio books, but it's so funny. Ed Asner is the voice of the male God. Did uh, you notice that? Uh, I only listened to book four, so I don't. I didn't look at the credits. Uh, yeah, it's Ed Asner. Hmm. It's so funny. He's got this condescending tone. 
He's got like, a he's got a dry yeah. fucking mouth. I'll tell you that. I don't know about that, yeah, but he's just, just like tongue clicking. Just hear his eyes rolling through. Just like you know, he's like, do you really think you <laughs> could say anything or do anything that I didn't create? Yeah, dumbass. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just this uh, tone that he has that cracked me up. Oh man, I wonder if it's still Ed Asner in book four. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I caught that tone a little bit, but it was a little more like Santa Clausy, like jolly, the whole time. I thought well, he died recently, Ed Asner, right? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm no Ed Asner expert. He's, I'll tell you he's that. He's out there chilling with Andy Kaufman right now on the other <laughs> side. <It's... laughs> Fucking a. Well, supposedly. But anyway. Yeah, let's get uh, let's get back to this here. Uh, so, yeah, when when he when he asks God if they mean us any harm, God says that some some of these highly evolved civilizations might actually mean us harm because some are lesser evolved and may feel judged, right, by us. And what he means by lesser evolved is like that they are more advanced technologically than us, but not in their thinking really. So they're kind of just like us where their technology is surpassing their spirituality. Yeah. I just thought to say, yeah. And, and when I talk about all these other, uh, civilizations, what I'm getting down to is they basically say in these books that there's a multiverse out there like parallel universes with thousands upon thousands of civilizations. So, I mean, we're talking countless numbers of civilizations that are considered highly evolved that could be looking at our civilization on planet earth and coming to do whatever, help us or, some want to destroy us, right? But he does say some, or God does say some want to destroy us, quote unquote, but we are protected by hebs that are of a higher spiritual level or ranking, I guess. Like they would never let that happen to us. They wouldn't let, like they wouldn't let humans on earth, if we had the capability attack another civilization in another universe you know what i mean like they were just like you guys no like we're gonna like we're gonna somehow furtively get in there and change your mind about it or incept us or something you know what i mean like they're just not gonna let something like that happen is is what they're saying um but that being said like we are here given the opportunity to live out our own destiny and our own consciousness uh, will create the result of, you know, our actions. You know, like we, we have free will, obviously, and there's collective consciousness as well that determines the fate, in a sense, of our civilization, right? Um, but I guess when it comes from, comes to skipping through the fucking multiverse, uh, we might get checked, in a sense, or people might get checked, is what they're saying in a way. Um. So, man, dude, he's, 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 this is a lot to to wrap around here. 
Um, yeah, but that. Get G-checked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of it for book two. That's kind of where they leave it. Is, uh, yeah, they're they're out there. Some of them, some of them are violent. Some of them aren't. Most of them aren't. And some of them are here, and some of them are trying to help, and all this stuff. Um, but he's not specifically saying that these these Hebs live on other planets, like physical planets like we do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's not, not all of these civilizations live in, like, these spherical fucking orbiting rocks that whatever that's not how this all works these 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 hebs are beyond that you know what i mean you know what i'm saying yeah (laughs) so let's get into book three which is a little more intense and this is this is the one that the conversation started in 1994 um now I'm assuming was published in 1995. So Neil again brings it up. 131 pages into the book. So a couple hundred pages here separate the first mention to the next between books here. So he asks if there's life on other planets. Um, specifically other planets. And God cuts him off and he's like, of course there is. Do you really believe that you are alone in this gigantic universe? And then he promises to get into more detail. And then he he says, you asked, is, is there life on other planets? I answered, of course. I said, of course, because the evidence is so obvious. It is so obvious that I'm surprised you even asked the question. Which is funny. This is funny. I'm going to bring this up now. In book four... God admits that <laughs> he is provided inspiration for basically everything. Or I said he, he again, but God provides inspiration for everything. So essentially, and this is said, he's like, I'm never on my own, am I? And he's like, no. So what God says is... Everything that you, every idea you have, that inspiration is drawn from God, from the oneness. Like, that's the whole point of these hebs, to inspire you to have these thoughts that you might not have had before. So they're kind of getting into your your psyche here and inspiring you to have, like, the light bulb goes off and you think that you came up with this amazing idea, but it was God. So every good idea you've ever had is God nudging you. And he says that, or God says that in book four, but in book three, he's acting surprised that you asked the question. It's like, well, you made him ask the question, apparently. I'm just imagining Ed Asner like, (laughs) God, I can't believe you fucking asked that question. But I love that because (sighs) I love that because these books are practically i mean they're over 20 years apart book three and book four so the conversation or the the relationship has changed or 
this is this is one of these little details that got lost and it's you know it's bullshit you know what i mean yeah he didn't he didn't he didn't he didn't uh fact check himself enough to contradict himself like he ended up contradicting himself it seems anyway so god god got surprised at a question he asked in book three but then in book four he's like i i provide the inspiration for all your questions (laughs) anyway all right so moving on from that on page 260 neil asks do you have children everywhere meaning everywhere in the universe at this point we're just in one universe um in in the books i I know i've said there's multi multiverses but in the in the course of these books if you've only gotten to book three we we haven't got to that point yet so they're still talking about one universe and then uh god replies of course and then neil asks are these civilizations more advanced god says some of them yes so in what way and god says in every way technologically politically socially spiritually physically and psychologically and in his example he says or god says for instance your penchant for your insistence upon comparisons and your constant need to characterize something as better or worse higher or lower good or bad demonstrates how far into duality you have fallen how deeply into separatism you have submerged so yeah we're just we're we're not highly evolved here on earth we 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 judge too much we 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 worry too much about shit that doesn't matter you know what i mean and we all know that and that's another big point god says we all know it's a matter of remembering everything, but we all know, you know, we all know this shit's essentially bullshit and we need to get over it. You know, everyone, I think, feels that deep down. It's just a matter of uh, changing in a sense, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, have civilizations are just more unified. Separatism is a is not real. Separatism is an illusion. Hebs know this. Uh, we as humans on earth embrace separatism. So we live in that illusion. So, you know, we live in separate States. We live in different counties. We do live in different countries, fucking different neighborhoods, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It's like we all, it's all about separation and, and everything about us is the best. Like whatever. We're the best. And, um, yeah, and and then we claim that we we don't act like that, <laughs> you know, like we don't act like yeah. we're acting better than anyone because of certain aspects of our like where we're from or what country we live in. We, you know, we act like we don't do that, but we fucking do, and that's a major difference between us and these highly evolved beings. They don't worry about shit like that. Yeah. So. um yeah, he goes on to say that when our entire race of human beings on the planet Earth achieves mastery, as they call it, uh, we will move easily through time and space. We will we will have mastered the laws of physics as we understand them, and we will become the highly evolved beings that seek to assist other races and civilizations that need guidance. So the goal 
is for all races and civilizations across the board to achieve this mastery and quote uh, to like when quote all of me has known the oneness as God puts it. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal here. And then they go into how these civilizations, he, he, he provides kind of examples of, or he asked, Neil asked questions of how more advanced these Hebs are than us. So I'm going to go through some of that shit, if you don't mind. No, go right ahead. <laughs> so technologically, most of these Heb, Heb uh, civilizations are far ahead of us. So there are some are behind, like I mentioned, but not many. Technologically, that is. Which is crazy to think about, but, you know, it's got to be possible. We're not, like, at the very, very bottom, but pretty fucking close, I'd imagine. So, an example that God provides of how have civilizations are ahead of us technologically is that they can control the weather. Which I don't feel this is a technological thing because there's all these underlying um, motives in these books, right? This, this, he, he says they can control the weather because of what they place between us in the sun, meaning in our atmosphere. It's not about, it's not just about our planet's distance from the sun that creates the fucking, you know, sweltering heat. We basically need to not pollute as much is the, is what he's saying. And Heb societies and cultures know this so they don't fucking pollute. Very simple. I mean, I don't know if that's a technological advancement. <laughs> uh, I mean, if they had a way of somehow getting rid of their fucking waste efficiently, that would be nice to know. Yeah, it'd be nice if they could clue us in on this shit. Like, uh, I understand not doing everything for us, but come on, man. Like, well. All, all he's trying to teach us, Neil in the, or not Neil, but God in these books, is to act right. And once you start acting right, the world will become a better place. So once you realize these things, like don't destroy your fucking atmosphere on your own fucking planet by polluting the shit out of it, right? Like don't, whatever. Like it's common sense stuff. Highly evolved beings collectively know to not do that. It's very simple. But here on Earth, only some of us know that, and some of us try. (laughs) So it's a constant struggle. Um, And and this is is a quote that kind of says that. It says, advanced technology without advanced thought creates not advancement, but demise. Which is kind of where we're at here on Earth, you know. Um, And then, you know, God goes on to say that civilizations on this planet have achieved great heights technologically, but not spiritually. So, you know, they've literally brought their world to an end. And I've gone over this before with Steve X. I don't know if you know Steve X. You know Steve X. 
I'm related to him. Yeah. yeah. Our uh, Horizon Project episode about ancient technology and shit being wiped out. I mean, why they got wiped out is totally different from this. But he's talking about Atlantis. 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 The, the city, lost city of Atlantis and uh, shit like that. Um, that they got there technologically, but not spiritually. So they didn't take care of themselves, so they wiped themselves out, in a sense. So he's confirming that Atlantis was a real thing. Yeah, he says Atlantis, Lemuria, which I don't know much about, and the land of Mu, which I don't know much about. I guess these ancient, highly technologically advanced civilizations that got wiped out essentially were real, but they didn't take care of themselves, so they're gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So as humans on the planet earth, we have been there before, or we've been to where we are now technologically, but we're still behind spiritually. So yeah, uh, he, God recommends hurrying up back in 19 fucking what did I say? 93 or whatever the fuck? <laughs> 94? Why is he saying hurry up? But, you know, the aliens are going to take their time and, and let us uh, come to the conclusion ourselves or whatever. That's you a know good... what I mean? Like, what? Well, he goes on into book four to say that collectively um, societies like ours in all of all collective uh, societies consciousnesses the collective conscious consciousness will never fully let a society end and and they go on to say you might have to relocate he literally says that like you might actually have to fucking leave where you are meaning possibly the planet earth but you as a human race, some of you will live on. You will never die out. You'll figure at least that much. And I was like, that's kind of fucking cryptic. Like, we're never going to be extinct. And that's some book four shit. You know, we're, like I said, we're in book three in the mid 90s here. And, um,. Yeah, he, he he he's basically saying, look out for yourself because you're fucking up the planet. But that's another thing about these books. What was the message in the 90s? It was a lot about save the fucking planet, save the Earth, right? I mean, which it still is, but it was major. And they were really hitting that shit home in these books. So, you know, it's... It, it, there's these underlying... There's these undercurrents of... Hey man, yes, we need to do this, but this is my maybe it's Neil Donald Walsh's clever way to say, man, get your act together and let's take care of our planet because these fucking highly evolved beings say to do that. You know, if you're not going to listen to humans, maybe you'll listen to God. You know, through through me. Yeah, I don't know. It just bugs me though because if they have the ability to come to Earth, then they have, uh, then they could give us some sort of technology that would uh, revolutionize everything. Well, apparently they are, but it's a slow process, JP X. Yeah, but. 
God's like, hurry up. Uh, yeah, he recommends. Can help you. Yeah, he. Uh, God recommends. It, it is kind of weird that he, he kind of or God recommends kind of. Uh, yeah, don't don't slouch on on fixing fixing your problems and you know it's not wrong you know it's 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 in a sense it's uh yeah stop fucking around and clean up your shit that way you can enjoy it longer right otherwise you're gonna have to get the hell out of here figure something else out you're the whole planet will be atlantis you know what i mean yeah, we're gonna get wiped out by. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope not. So, um, back to these Hebs and the questions Neil has for God about them. He asks, "What do they look like?" And God says, "Take your pick. There are as many varieties of beings as there are species of life on your planet. Actually, more." So what he's saying is there's damn near 9 million different kinds of hebs running around out there in all different forms. Some look like us, God says, given minor variations. You know, it's like in book three, he's a little bit more vague. In book four, he straight, he, God straight up says, yeah, they come back to earth as human beings. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's why that's what we're we're building up to here cuz we're like I said we're still in book 3. Um so how do they travel? Neil asks and he's uh, God says due to advance new advances in physical technologies, understandings of the mind and the capture of physicality itself, they can disassemble and reassemble their bodies at will, allowing most beings in most highly evolved cultures to be in quotes, wherever they choose, whenever they choose, like even light years away across the universe, uh, he, God says it's like it's achieved like skipping a stone across the water. Uh, no attempt to go through the matrix, which is the universe, but rather to quote skip around on it. He, uh, God says that is the best imagery in our language. That he can, or God can, come up with to explain how Hebs travel, and um, we're going to get into that in a lot more detail in Book Four, twenty some odd years after. But this is how he's explaining it in the nineties, right? Right. I like Bob Lazar's explanation of how they uh, get over here. They take it's like two pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. You, you fold it up. You, the two pieces. You know what I'm saying? You remember the fucking documentary. You know what's like funny? One side's on, one side's us. You pulled the shit up and then... You know what I'm saying. I, I haven't watched it. I'm that slow. Oh. I haven't watched it. I mean, I know of Bob Lazar, obviously, but I haven't watched... Everyone's been asking me if I watched that documentary. I'm like, nah, I need to get around to that. And I just haven't. Oh, <laughs> ah. So, I kind of know what you're talking about good lord but i'm sure many people listening do know what you're talking about uh so yeah i mean neil goes on asking all these questions like what is work 
to a heb and it's like they don't have work there's no such thing as work menial labor doesn't exist they do everything for each other it's you know they, they do everything for the fucking civilization they are very selfless they do it brings value to them to do work for the for the civilization you know what i mean shit like that Hell yeah. very selfless with that. yeah exactly you know, it's like they're in, in, in their societies, there are no have nots. There's no starving children. There's no poverty, no desperation, no destitution. They only apply two principles. We are all one and there's enough. And they operate that way. And God says that Hebs have an awareness of sufficiency and a consciousness that creates it. So nothing is wasted or destroyed of the natural resources on a Hebs home planet as it were um they live in clustered communities they don't they've abandoned cities they don't do cities they don't do huge cluster fucks of uh uh residency i guess and they interact with each other on a co-equal basis so um you know they they live by what is like what is so and what works you know so smaller clusters of communities um and then they kind of rip on cities saying that they shouldn't be celebrated because they represent a regressive society and that in a quote from god is it is the mark of a primitive society to view regression as progress which makes sense to me you know of course cities have resources jobs and entertainment and all that stuff but that stuff has no value Right in in the grand scheme of things, in fact, they are detrimental. You know, I guess they're a distraction from your true purpose as a as a as a sentient being of God or whatever the fuck you want to call it. <clears throat> so um, yeah, they don't believe in nations because they know nationalism nationalism doesn't work. Listen up, you fucking Trumpsters. Uh, yeah, survival of the fittest doesn't work. Shit like that. There's no competition. There's no shit like evolution is all in your hands. It's called conscious evolution. It just doesn't happen to us. We're supposed to control it, right? So Hebs know that. They govern themselves. They fucking... They live very simple. The greatest complexity is the greatest simplicity. They understand this. So they live utterly and elegantly simple, self-governed. Apparently there are like councils uh, or conclaves of mostly elders. And they have like these mutual agreements and they live by a triangular code of awareness, honesty, and responsibility. You know. Um, But check this out. They don't wear clothes, man. See, I'm already down. <laughs> I knew I knew you would be. Uh they don't need clothes unless the weather permits. <laughs> they 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 don't have restrictions like that and they don't have the feelings that come along the embarrassment or the judgment that or the ridicule or anything. Anything that comes along with a person walking around naked, they don't fucking have that. So, 
The only reason that they would eat, put on anything that resembles clothes is is if the weather or whatever the circumstances, the environment called for it. But as they said, they can control their own environment. So it's kind of nice all the time where they are, which kind of doesn't mean, I mean, whatever. They they kind of did say that. It's like they kind of don't really need have a need for it because they can they take care of their planet. And I'm like, well, do they have seasons where they live or I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. They got rid of winter. I don't fucking know. But winter seems pretty essential, especially here on Earth. But anyway, bunch of naked folks running around being happy as fuck. That's what we're trying to get to. You know what I'm saying? This is right. this is the goal. So, uh, yeah, Neil drops a loaded question. He, he asks, are they someday going to appear on Earth to save us? Will they rescue us from our own madness by bringing us new technologies to control the planet's polarities, clean our atmosphere, harness our sun's energy, regulate our weather, cure all disease, and bring us a better quality of life in our own little nirvana? This is the shit you've been talking about. Yeah. And then God says, God says, quote, you may not want that to happen. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) So why God says this is what I said previously. If they did that, if they just came in and intervened and fixed all of our problems for us, we would make them gods and wouldn't learn anything for ourselves. We we wouldn't know from within we wouldn't learn shit and the whole point is for everyone not the majority but for everyone to become a master well so instead of uh, uh, them coming down and solving all our problems they could just be like santa claus right right like your your parents really bought the present but they could be like, uh, you know, have a guy that looks like a human come down and invent something, right? That happens to uh, change the world, the whole world. So why don't they do that? Yeah, I, no, I, I had that thought too. It's you know, it's just why not every heb on Earth has to be fucking Jesus. You know, could be Albert Einstein, which I'm sure he was. Um, but yeah, why? whatever those are the the things that that is that 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 is a question worth pondering but the big answer is they aren't here to be that person they're here to inspire someone who isn't that person to be that person which makes sense because they already are that person so why do it when you like if if you were to find inspiration from a highly evolved being and invent something, that's the point. Not for them to do what they can. They know they can already do. Right. Well, however, however they get it done, just do it. Like, you know? <laughs> You're just like come in and fucking do it. We need it. We're dumb. Fucking hurry up. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm with you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you have to just inspire somebody, well, just do it. Whatever. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, here's the thing. Here's the here's here's what they're saying, and this is why book four is called Awaken the Species. We have to become awake to we have to awaken to the fact that they are inspiring us. 
if our if we're so clouded in our daily fucking lives that we aren't inspired by to invent this thing, we're we're way off track. You know, they're not going to do it for us. We have to individually look within ourselves to to listen and yeah, to 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 achieve these things. And that's what God is saying. They're not here to do it for you. They're here to inspire you do it. Because that's that's when you you move towards mastery. So it does take yeah, a long why, time. That's why I think um, Trump is an H-E-B. He's here. Like, imagine, he's, like, shocked us all into, like, uh, being awake and mobilizing. You know what I mean? Well, he's also inspired a lot of people to stay very not awake so i don't think he's highly evolved at all yeah no like you know undercover highly evolved you know what i mean like uh playing the the the, the heel wrestler type yeah you know? yeah yeah i mean it could go either way i think i don't want to talk with that fucking asshole at all yeah because yeah all right keep going then i mean there's like a fucking trump rally thing going on in portland tonight and i've already seen some bullshit just whatever man yeah it's, anyway, it's like fuck that guy oh, all right brother this guy stinks <laughs> you know what i mean i but anyway i do know what you mean <laughs> so um uh just this, this is let's this, this sidetrack no, this, this isn't a sidetrack but uh, in books, in book three, um, they refer to like if you look in the 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 index, they refer to uh, these uh, Hebs at first and for a while as spacemen, which I think is pretty hilarious, right? So they they have this whole conversation about spacemen. Um, so God, God says, you are all spacemen. You are not natives of this planet you now call home. And then he goes on, I keep saying he, but what the fuck, whatever. God goes on to say that the quote, genetic stuff that we are made of was placed here intentionally by God. And the elements that have formed your life didn't combine themselves through some process of biological serendipity. The, there was a plan involved. There is something much larger going on here. It was all my idea and it was all my plan and my process. And then Neil asks, are you saying that you are a spaceman? <laughs> and God replies by asking, where do you look when you imagine talking to me? You know, space, space. So up, not down. And God asks, does that make me a spaceman? If I'm a spaceman, does it make me less of a God? If I'm a God, does it make me less of a spaceman? What if I'm not a man, but a force of energy in the universe that is the universe? And that is, in fact, all that is. What if I am the collective? So if spacemen exist and I all and I am all there is, I am from space 
and you are me. So you are a spaceman too. We're all spacemen. <laughs> hey. Oh yeah. I mean, he really, God really lays it out, man. It really talks in these like c- cyclic. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a cyclic, but it's just like always brings it back. You know. I guess it Upward, is. Upward, not downward. <laughs> Forward, not backward. Uh, what, what was that? Uh, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> Remember when I'm talking about Simpsons? Oh, man, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I didn't even quote it right. But... <laughs> nice try. Nice try. Uh, so, yeah, they from from the spacemen, uh, they get into the term alien. Uh, so, and, and Jesus, like Jesus is not an alien or was not an alien. And there are no quote aliens on earth and that hebs are not aliens and that there is nothing alien about god because we are all one and if we are all one there's no individuation of us is like no individuation of us is alien to itself so the term alien is bullshit to god you know Mm -hmm. but the spirit of the human that you call jesus because we're talking about Jesus now, was not of this earth. And God says that spirit simply, I guess Jesus is like the most famous Heb, right? Yeah. In the world, maybe. Everyone's probably heard of him. So God says that spirit of Jesus simply filled a human's body, allowed itself to learn as a child, became a man, and self-realized he was not the only one to have done this. All spirits are not of this earth. All souls come from another realm than enter the body. Yet not all souls self-realize in a particular lifetime. Jesus did. So he was a highly evolved being and he came to us for a purpose on a mission. So that's pretty interesting to say that yeah, we all come from the same place. We we all come from the same oneness that Jesus came from, right? But he realized, he self-realized in one lifetime, I guess. Yeah, but no, he, what I don't like about that is he, he's, he's talking about Jesus as if, and he's talking about separate souls, right? If yeah. There's no separate soul based off of his philosophy, right? I mean, there is. That is, there is funny. No, Right. That is funny that you mentioned that. But before we get into that really quick. Um, so, yeah, he's he's saying Jesus self-realized in a lifetime. This is, like I said, we're in book three, right? In book four, he makes it pretty clear. And what I've already been kind of talking about tonight is they Hebs come here in human form already knowing all this shit. So for him to say that Jesus self-realized in a lifetime is silly. I mean, I guess it's not too silly, but I guess, man, it's hard to explain. The soul of Jesus came into it knowing everything and with the purpose to be Jesus, I would assume, and then when he was born, had to remember, like we all do, where 
our souls come from. Yeah, but there's no individual souls, right? So right. how can there be a soul of Jesus, right? Yeah, and they he he talks about this in book four too, because I remember he talks about souls, plural. And I remember specifically that there's only one soul and it envelops everyone. Right? Right. Yeah, it's like it's like if you were to look at it like in a room of a couple people or two or three people, it would be enveloping a person. And then if a person was six feet away, social distancing properly there, it would thin out like a thin line. And then when it gets by the, the next person, it creates a, like a fucking, it envelops them. And then between the next person, it thins out. And you know what I mean? It's just like this, it just envelops people. And then, in, in the negative space between people, it's there, but it's not like that's just like the visual I get is like people are in these like soul bubbles, you know what I mean? Um, that they're, they're all strung together, right? But yeah, he that that's another contradiction that yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it's pretty persistent. Is he does mention souls and they kind of rams that home. In book four, and it's like, wait a minute, when when we're talking about souls, because there's all this oneness, and this all these souls come from the oneness. But I read probably in book one or whatever that we're all one soul. Yes. I just wonder if you, yeah. It's a contradiction for sure. And like in book one, uh, Neil's like, come on, tell me how many lives I've lived. He's like, this is your 267th life or something like that. Uh, I don't an actual number. <laughs> that, that is a total contradiction. Like, so you're saying Neil has a, an individual soul that, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, it, it, it is interesting to think about because it almost is, like you are an individual soul in a sense because it seems like you continue on your own journey through but you tap back into the oneness and make a decision to go on essentially your own path you know so it's like we're all one soul, but we're all offshoots of the same soul or something. It's very complicated because they, they definitely talk about how you, between life and death, make decisions based on what you want to do to achieve the highest version of yourself that you can. So they say there's no like separation or anything like that. But it seems to only apply when you're physicalized or something, you know? Very I weird. Know. It's Man, I feel like we're losing people. This is getting real deep. <laughs> but this is the whole point, you know? This is what these fucking books are about. So, I think of it as uh, raindrops falling from the sky. And in your life, you're a raindrop. You're falling. You think you're a separate piece of water, right? Right. And then you eventually hit that ocean and become that ocean once again yeah or you just become some shitty sloppy puddle in a gross neighborhood you know with all with all the other raindrops yeah fuck (laughs) down the drain back into the ocean it all it all goes back together 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the 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 soul thing is I let's call Neil. Let's get let's get a fucking real real <laughs> answer here. Yeah, cuz you I like to think I have a handle on it, but fuck, man, it, it's that's that's a that's a big one. So, yeah, what they're saying is right here, right now, in book three, is, um, yeah, Jesus had his own, not not all souls self-realized in a particular lifetime, but Jesus did. So, uh, uh, I don't know, it's a contradiction, I don't like it. His mission was to save you, meaning, meaning, meaning me and you, from not knowing and never experiencing who you really are. And that he sought to lead by example, and then Neil asked, "So did Jesus come from outer? Or no? So Jesus did not come from God; he came from outer space." And God says, "There is no separation, no difference between God and outer space. It's all the same." Right. Crickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these these hebs, man. I mean. There, there's all sorts of shit. They, you know, they're, they communicate through feelings. They don't live in houses. They don't need, they don't need a fucking box. They don't fucking, they communicate with their feelings because feelings are the language of the soul. They rarely use words, shit like that. They don't keep secrets. Everything's very open. They don't have anything to hide because they're not shady pieces of shit, basically. Um, and the major difference at this point, because they start getting into differences between human culture and Heb cultures, is that Hebs observe fully and communicate truthfully, which we obviously do not. And, you know, they don't have wars. And apparently they can live forever in a physical body, one physical body. They know how to take care of one physical body so well that they can live in it forever if they choose to. And they they will leave only if they are forced for any reason that renders their physical body like like not functional by physical laws, you know what I mean? And then whatever. So that's kind of crazy to think about too. Um but yeah. These these heads they they're raised by elders. They fucking learn everything from quote youth. Their parents are just like their parents, but they don't have to be raised by their parents because the two youths, the two youths, yeah, they 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 spend their youth learning what so and what works, and they make their own curriculum. And instead of being told, you know. They, they they choose what skills they want to learn and uh yeah, shit like that, man. So they yeah. Let's just let's just end book three with this this little paragraph here uh that sums it up. Life proceeds out of your intention. Your true intention is revealed in your actions. And your actions are determined by your true intention. Life is a circle. Hebs see the circle. Humans do not. Hebs respond to what is so. Humans ignore it. Hebs tell the truth always. 
Humans too often lie to themselves as well as others. Hebs say one thing and do what they say. Humans say one thing and do another. And they kind of end it there. And that's a good segue into book four because God lays out 16 differences between Heb societies and human society. And what I just mentioned is some of them. So let's, uh, I'm just going to rattle them off, man. And if you got anything to say about them or got any questions, just spit it out because yeah. there's 16 of them. And I, I, I feel like I got to say them all because you, you kind of have to. Hey, you go ahead. You're the one fucking this dog. I'm just holding its head. Jesus Christ. Did God make you say that? Yeah. <laughs> he inspired you. God inspired you to say that. All right. So, number 1, all right, of these characteristics of highly evolved beings that differentiate them from us human beings on the planet Earth. Number 1, and this is repetitive because they use a lot of repetitive language. Uh, number one, an awakened species sees the unity of all life and lives into it. Humans often deny it or ignore it. Like I said, if you got anything to say about any of this, because they give examples, you know, true. go for it. Um, That's all I got to say. True. True. Uh, so, yeah. But this is all pretty self-explanatory shit, you know. We're all we're all we're all one here, you know. Right. Fucking act like it. Don't deny it. Don't ignore it. All right. Number two, an awakened species tells the truth. Always, humans in an unawakened state too often lie to themselves as well as others, which was mentioned in book three, which is fucking self-explanatory. Um. But. And they go into these examples of, uh, like, violence in entertainment and the consequences that it has on children and how we as humans deny that it perpetuates violence and we don't do anything to stop it. So we're lying to ourselves in that regard. We lie to ourselves constantly about things like that. And if we just, we just stopped doing things like that, maybe our world wouldn't be so violent. These are the examples that they give, you know. Uh, number three, an example, an awakened species says one thing and will do what they say. Humans in an unawakened state often say one thing and do another. So, yeah, hebs don't hold in their thoughts. So they sound, um, they don't say everything that they think because that would be fucking insanity. <laughs> But apparently they only say the thoughts that they're holding on to. If something's really digging at them, they don't fucking beat around the bush. They bring it out. They, 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 they air it out, you know? And not in a fucking violent or angry way. They just say their piece about some shit, apparently. And we obviously do not. We let shit fester. <laughs> we don't say anything and all sorts of shit happens. Uh, number four, 
An awakened species, having seen and acknowledged what is so, will always do what works. Humans in an unawakened state often do the opposite. Uh, so what works, their examples is, Hebs don't eat meat. They don't drink. They don't smoke. They're not violent. They don't pollute. They don't perpetuate fear-based religious ideals. You know, they don't do shit that doesn't work. That That is harmful. And right. humans do this shit all the time and deny it. And that's just a few things. It's just whatever. This is, this is the one thing I kind of love about these books is this is all really simplistic shit said in a very sort of simplistic way. But it's all shit that we all know. You know what I mean? And that's the whole point of these books is bring you back to remember what you basically knew at birth. This is all very basic shit. How did you get so far away from your true self that you are a fucking asshole? <laughs> and like, I'm an asshole. You're an asshole. We all are like guilty of these things. You know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. It's simple but not simple living on this fucking planet. All right, so number five, an awakened species does not embrace a principle in its civilization that correlates with the concepts that humans refer to as justice and punishment. So there's no crime in Heb societies and no need for justice because justice is an act, not a punishment for an act. You know what I mean? That's how they carry themselves. Number six. An awakened species does not embrace... What was that one? Six. <laughs> Number six. An awakened species does not embrace a principle in its civilization that correlates with the concepts that re- that humans refer to as insufficiency. And I, we already touched on that. Insufficiency doesn't exist and... For Heb societies, because in a sense, they never die, and we'll get into that, uh, how can you have insufficiency when you, you're always there, you know? Right. Whatever. And it's like, in whatever. And they go on to provide examples like, in on this planet Earth, how we could provide clean water to absolutely everyone. It's actually not that fucking hard, but the people with all the money and the resources don't care enough. And that's why starvation exists. It's like, we got obviously more than enough. But this is how primitive our thinking is, that we allow this shit to happen. I mean, it's not right. easy to fix now, because it's gotten so f- fucking complicated. But on its face, it's a, it's not a, it's not a complicated concept, you know? Exactly. And, and if we were highly evolved, it wouldn't even have been a problem to begin with. What number was I on? Seven? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. All right. Seven. An awakened species does not embrace a principle in its civilization that correlates with the concepts that humans refer to as ownership. So, Uh since... Property is theft. Yeah. So, since we're all one, everything belongs to everyone. That'd be annoying as fuck. <laughs> well, this is the thing. They say there's no ownership. There is stewardship. Right. So you take care of shit because it belongs to everyone. And you want to take care of shit because it 
why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to take care of yourself and your folks and your environment? So, I mean, they go on to say some, you know, like you don't own your offspring or partner or land. You're just caring for them, you know, which is... That's some Scientology type shit right there. Well, I mean, it depends on your fucking intentions, right? I mean, like a lot of these religions, they all say the same beautiful things, but are carried out in terrible fucking ways and inspire terrible fucking things, right? So, yeah, so in these Heb societies benefit, society benefit, no one in Heb societies benefits unless they all do, right? That's the point. Uh, Number eight, an awakened species shares everything with everyone all the time. Humans in an unawakened state often do not, only sharing with others in limited circumstances there's oversharing constantly <laughs> well i mean everyone in a heb society is family and right. considered loved ones so what what they say is for humans the illusion of scarcity is the folly of humans there is enough right So, number nine, an awakened species creates a balance between technology and cosmology, between machines and nature. Humans in an unawakened state often do not. uh, I feel like I worded that wrong. Anyway, humans do the opposite. (laughs) Uh, Nine, uh, yeah, so... They, they kind of gloss over 9 through 16 here, but they kind of focus on this next one real big. Um, I don't want to gloss over 9, but yeah, an awakened species creates a balance between technology and cosmology, between machines and nature, and humans do not. So uh, our machines are obviously causing a lot of problems for nature, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 10, and this is a big one and maybe we'll come back to it. And this one sounds fucked up. I'm telling you, man. And it, it is kind of fucked up. All right. An awakened species would never under any circumstances terminate the current physical expression of another sentient being unless asked directly by that other being to do so. Humans in an unawakened state often kill other humans without that other human requesting them to. So I'm going to come back to that one because holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have laws uh, about that. <laughs> um, number 11. An awakened species would never do anything that could potentially damage or harm the physical environment that supports the members of the species when they are physicalized. Humans in an unawakened state often do so. So that's pretty obvious. Don't fuck the planet up. Um, Number 12, an awakened species never poisons itself. Humans in an unawakened state often do so. I'll drink to that. Give me a second. And that is why I'm not highly evolved. All right, number 13. 
An awakened species never competes. Uh, humans in an unawakened state are often in competition with each other. Very obvious. Uh, stop that, right? Unless it's, I guess, in good fun, you know? Like Little right. League sports or, you know, that good wholesome shit that no one ever gets mad about. Uh, number 14, an unawakened species is clear that it needs nothing. Humans in an unawakened state often create a need-based experience. Once again, very self-explanatory. This is why they don't go into much detail about these. Very self-explanatory. An awakened species experiences... This is number 15. An awakened species experiences and expresses unconditional love for everyone. Humans in an unawakened state often cannot imagine even a deity who does this, much less do it themselves. Zing. I mean, yeah. very true. And I love how all of these, they, they really hit home. Humans in an unawakened state. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put it, right? <laughs> it's really carrying us. Yeah. So, number 16, an, uh, an awakened species has harnessed the power of metaphysics. Humans in an unawakened state often largely ignore it. And we're going to get into that quite a bit, too, how they have harnessed the power of metaphysics. So, um, what do you want to get into first? This death thing or the fucking metaphysics thing? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. The death thing, I guess. Fuck. All right. What, what's up with that? So, yeah, and, you know, these things obviously kind of read like commandments. It's pretty weird. Um, but the way that they say, highly evolved beings don't end, basically don't kill unless they have permission. Is really weird, really weird to me. Um, yeah, and they don't really go, they don't really explain that very much. <clears throat> but when it comes to death itself, the act of dying as a human, this is, this is, uh, what Hebs have over us. Like, it, it's huge. It's a major, 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 major point. So, they can embody and disembody at will, right? Like they can fucking physicalize and de-physicalize on a whim. They're they're capable right. of that. That is, they're part of their uh, understanding of of, of uh, all of this. So, yeah, so it's like, why would you ever need someone to kill you if you? Well, because you encounter people like us who are not as highly evolved. It's basically saying a highly evolved being, as an example, a highly evolved being like Jesus on earth has a bunch of motherfuckers that want to kill him. So what do you do? 
essentially you give yourself up because like, why would you give yourself up? Because you know, you never die. That's Hebs know that, uh, humans do not. And that to me, telling a bunch of humans that, Hey man, if somebody's coming to kill you, don't worry, just fucking die. It's cool. Cause you're, yeah. you're the Obi-Wan Kenobi, that shit, just fucking fall to the, let your shroud fall to the ground. You're not going anywhere. You'll be fine. You know? And it's, they, they also go on to talk about death saying like, don't mourn death. You can mourn loss. Uh, but don't ever mourn death, you know, like, cause no one died. And that's a really hard thing for people to understand, uh, on, in a physical existence to hey man someone you love died oh but don't worry about it but also if someone's coming to kill you i just kind of let them kill you because who gives you i mean don't worry about it this is just a a blip in the fucking whatever uh your whole existence you know like just uh you're gonna move on it's like it, it's like you can't tell fragile people things like this Especially if people mean harm to people, you know what I mean? It's really weird to talk about, and I, it's not that I don't believe it, because I like to yeah. believe, I like to believe I'm not going anywhere uh, on a soul level, but for my life to end as Jason Dingus would really fucking suck, and it would... You know, you know, my wife and my kid and my family is going to whatever. That's just like a terrible fucking thing. They're not all highly evolved. They're not going to be like, oh, it's cool. He's yeah, fine. That's some dangerous <laughs> truth right there. He's fine. You know, like the point of telling us that is so we understand it and hopefully can live that, I guess, truth. But really just kind of throwing it out there is... um crazy man i mean it's 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 just one of those things that it 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 doesn't sit well the way that they kind of leave it in a sense um but yeah man i mean because even in book four when they talk about death on earth they say it's a process of re-identification that and this is the process. When you die, you reunite with loved ones, and then you reunite with the all, literally meld into God. And then you unemerge or unmerge or emerge from God, and then you are reborn again in the way that you want to be reborn, wherever the fuck you want to be reborn. So you can express your divinity, you know, after you, you know, after you tap back into the oneness. You're re- you kind of like hit the reset button and you're ready to uh, keep your evolution going in the way you want to keep it going. You yeah. know? So when it comes to dying, fuck it. <laughs> well, dude, that's the whole, like, the Manson family, their philosophy like for killing those people was just like, hey, we're all one. And, you know, I'm just killing myself, and there is no death, so fuck it. Yeah, that's dangerous, weird shit. But that's essentially kind of what they're getting at. And Well, I mean, not that, but, 
you know, but Neil addresses that. He's like, I what what if someone who wants to cause harm hears this and thinks it's okay, you know? Yeah. And uh so he at least he at least addresses it, but God's answer is like pretty pretty weird and half assed in a sense. It's just like ah, if they were gonna do it, they were gonna do it. Um but what are you gonna do? But it's like coming from a place of love because everything comes from love. And this is another contradiction. Wow. In book four, remember, wasn't everything coming from two things, love or fear? Well, no, he's, at one point he says, yeah, there is love or fear, but but then uh, love is the still the number one thing. Okay, because in book four, it's all love. So anyone that murders yeah. or does anything terrible to anyone... It comes from a place of love, and it's not. It's and when if you ever get to have this conversation with them on a soul level, it's it's not that they did it out because because of love. It's because they didn't know how to express their love of 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 something. And it's like what, but it's like what do they love so much that they did this. Like, what is the love behind the violence? What is, what are they loving so much that they commit a violent crime? And that's interesting to think about, too, you know. But on the opposite side, the person that the violence is being perpetrated against, you're supposed to be just cool with it. Because, oh, man, it's all love. Yeah. And he's like, I just like, and Neil talks about self defense. Like, most crime is like self defense. And, um, you know, you can't just have a bunch of crazy people out there fucking trying to hurt each other. You know what I mean? Which is whatever. But, yeah, man, anyway, the, the, the violence and, uh, death thing in the books d- is weird to me, man. At, at times and uh yeah i just wanted to 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 touch on that for a second because um yeah i totally believe that i, I believe what he's saying is true maybe on a universal level it's just you know we're just playing it's just a movie and we're just characters and you know you don't get mad at Schwarzenegger because he killed somebody in a movie. It's just a movie, right? Right. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, but then, here, but we're not. You know, here on Earth, we we don't play like that. Yeah. I mean, they they tap into everything. I mean, they talk about suicide and they talk about uh, death being a like no. Everyone chooses when they die, and I'm not right. going to get into the details of that. But I actually. I have had conversations with this about this where if you don't choose when you die, but when you die, every choice that you have made puts you in the place where you did die. Therefore, you chose when you died because every choice that you have made in your whole entire life led you to be where you are in that exact second where maybe something weird happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's fucking scary because that's like I'm I I swear, man, if I run out the door to get into my car, I'm like, 
man, I forgot my uh, my wallet. And I take the 30 seconds to run back in, grab my wallet, get back into my car. I hop back into my car, and one of my first thoughts is, man, I might have just avoided a, a fatal car crash. Like, I think about shit like that all the all the time, like every every millisecond matters in where you are in the world physically. And it's not like yeah, I mean, ma- don't stress out about it, but you know, it, that's why people get mad. It's like, fuck, man, if Ricky wouldn't have fucking forgotten his goddamn thing, we wouldn't even be here. This, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that shit's real. It's like. Time means everything, right? Yeah, well, like Ricky and um, and uh, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, well, he hadn't, he hadn't stopped right there, then the guy wouldn't have. Maybe I said Ricky for a reason. That's a good example. But anyway, yeah, death. Uh, I don't want to get dwell too much on like fucking killing and suicide and giving yourself up to violent people because, hey, man, fuck it. I think people should hold on to their 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 physical lives because we are here we chose to be here for a reason according to these books you know we wanted to come back and be reborn as the as a human being in this world and on this planet and um you know you you i when you don't want to go you won't go i don't know whatever it's just like hey man you're coming at me with a knife i'm not gonna just throw my arms up and let you stab me, you know? But I guess the argument yeah. would be if I, if I avoid getting killed, that's, that's perfect too. Whatever. Every outcome's great. Um, but anyway, so let's, let's kind of morph this death thing into how these Hebs, uh, physicalize, like basically it's like, I mean, I don't really know if I think of it this way, but when they physical, when they um, embody and disembody, I don't know if that's like considered a death and a birth every time they, you know, skip across the universe to them, really. But the meta, the metaphysics of it that they go into are pretty cool. Um, so I, I, I want to talk about how these Hebs travel through the universe, the multiverse, and how they know that they can't be killed, they can never die, because you know they will never cease to be, and they know it. So um, let me let's let's get into let me find it first, Jesus. Uh, how they actually travel across this shit. Give me a second. All right. Haven't found it yet. Here we go. Any second now. All right. Any second now. Flipping through, flipping through the books. Here we go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) About to start. uh, Not right now. 
Man, I really can't find this. Where the fuck? Oh, okay, here we go. This is this sounds like a Yob album. The the illusion of solidity. All right. Thanks for helping me out there, asshole. <laughs> Where the fuck are you on? Where the fuck are you on that one, dickhead? <laughs> You know, throwing some filler around there, you know. All right, so, <laughs> so, all right. This is this is this is uh, this is how these hebs, how God breaks down the uh, the metaphysics behind their uh, their travel. So the term outer space is limiting, right? Because it's a physical realm, and these these hebs don't come from a physical place such as outer space as it were even though they've mentioned fucking planets in books two and three you know what i mean whatever yeah now we're in a not physical place so they are from another dimension where they quote need not be physical they can be physical if they choose to be if they want to but it's not required for them to experience all that life is uh, so obviously these are things that we as humans can benefit from. But the way that they, they explain this illusion of solidity is imagine, are you with me? Yeah. All right. Imagine a, like a fan or a bicycle wheel spinning fast, right? Okay. And it, whatever, you know what that looks like. Everyone knows what that looks like. So Hebs dramatically slow the spin of their energy particles, thus expanding the time it takes for those particles to get from one point to another in their vibratory pattern. Which kind of sounds like teleportation, right? So they see the space between the particles. So their micro self will have a lot of time to get between the spokes, as it were, are between the fan blades because there will be open space for fucking ever. If they slow it down, they have forever to get through that fast-moving, seemingly fast-moving fan or bicycle wheel, right? They got a pause button. Essentially, well, essentially. So the solidity disappears, right? And they say time plus space equals appearance. If you stand back far enough from the entire universe and the universe of universes, you would see the body of God. <laughs> and yeah. Hebs, so this is a multi, the cosmos is a multiverse in the sense, and they're just skipping through all these open spaces, right? Slowing down the spin of energy, right? Because all of life is energy, and they can control whatever their fucking energy. So Hebs understand this, so they skip across by regulating the fluctuations of their energy, altering altering their vacillations to become seen or not seen, visible or not visible, physical or not physical, as it suits their purpose. And they all they always are no matter their form, right? So right. it's like, but it's just, that's the thing. It's like in their, in our world, that's like when you physicalize and 
de-physicalized, that's life, death, life, death, life, death. You know what I mean? <laughs> and these yeah. motherfuckers are dying and living and dying and living on a whim because they don't, they understand. They're just dropping dead and moving on. And you know what I mean? Because they understand. Got it. Yeah, it's, so that's how they skip across the multiverse is they can slow down the energy and, you know, they make it work for them. Yes, sir. And they say the cosmos and the human body are both 99% space and the space between the particles, right? So if you took the air out of every person on earth and left only their energy particles, the entire human race would fit into a marble like a child's game, like a little marble, glass marble. That's madness, man. It is madness. So, you know, heads know that we're not a physical body, you know? So, right. that's, that's it, man. That, 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 that's how they fucking, they move about. But, like I've said, if it's a, if it's a, if every phys- physicaliz- physicalization, if that's a word, is a fucking rebirth, and every disembodiment is a fucking death, on Earth that's catastrophic on so many levels, <laughs> for, for so many reasons. Uh, you truly have to be highly evolved as a society and a culture to be able to do that and not cause a fucking problem. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good for our movie. No, no, no. And but this is this is the thing. When Hebs come to Earth or any other society like Earth, they 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 don't just drop in. They intentionally I don't know if I mentioned it before, but they intentionally start from scratch. Like they willingly are reborn as a human baby to on a soul level knowing parents, you know. And they go through the whole process of being raised and they do it all legit to fit in. You know what I mean? But then again, yeah, then that's individual souls again. That, yeah, that's, that is true. But this is what they, this is the shit that they're, they're saying in book four, man. Um, huh. yeah, they fucking. They, they they don't just drop in unannounced. They just don't like you're not walking down the street like in some fucking eighties movie where a, a spirit just embodies you and you you know all of a sudden you're whatever a, a different person. It's it is planned. They decide within the oneness to come back to Earth or whatever you know uh, unawakened species to. Be born as a baby and fucking help us from the jump. Um, and it's because they've already experienced physicality and metaphysicality to completion. So when they're physicalized, they integrate b- both. They they have the knowledge of all of that shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so they're not seekers anymore. They are teachers so they're seeking more fulfillment in experiencing who they are. Yada, yada. Um, I don't know, man. I need more clarification on that shit, man, because it bothers me when he goes back to individual souls. 
Yeah, the soul thing is kind of weird. Um, the way the, the way that they phrase it, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, all I know is in book four, I don't remember there being a mention of one soul that I remember from the the original trilogy. Um, I don't think there was one mention of that at all. Um, and you know, it's, I don't know. I I feel like this is, I feel like this isn't a message that should evolve because it's all coming from an all knowing source. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't change. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like now, now he's just figuring some shit out. Like, Oh, you know what? No, mm. no, it should uh, it, it should be consistent. It should God's be, sake. for God's sake, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I find interesting about these heads coming into uh, baby form, being reborn, which is something that we do and we can do when we die. Apparently, is we all have these choices to do whatever the fuck we want, but when these heads come to uh, uh, Earth to assist as it were they they already understand the history of any culture that it's entering before it 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 embarks on its journey like it's like they do the research you know Uh it's kind of it's just kind of interesting to think about it's like all right think about you're in the one you're in the oneness and you're just sitting kind of in the lobby and you're like what am i going to do next man i've already kind of done it all but there is no I. There is no soul yeah, sitting in a... You that's, know? that's true, but the way that they kind of talk about it in book four is that's the way I think about it is, seriously, it almost is... They say there's no individuality or individuation of whatever, but it, it seems like... I mean, but... I guess the point is we all go back to the same place. We're all from the same place. We are all one. So we're all doing the same thing just in different avenues or some, or some shit. It's like, you know, uh, like, like, uh, you know, whatever, man, like a ball with a bunch of fucking, a ball of yarn, a bunch of string falling everywhere. It's all, it's all goes back to the same place. I don't really fucking know. inconsistent that's all i gotta say it could yeah that's all i gotta say what's neil donald walsh gotta say god damn it where are you at neil get him on the line get him that's get him my, on my lifeline call him up but yeah man i mean that's that's kind of there's more shit i could talk about i think but what the fuck oh one thing this is a really interesting thing um that I wanted to throw out there uh, uh, about how young of a species we are on the planet Earth. I thought this was really cool. Neil Donald Walsh brought this up, and he he he's always plugging his friends. Um, you know, he's always like, read this book, and I actually read like two or three books that he's recommended. But he recommends a book called uh, "From New World." No, oh, the sorry. The book is called New World, New Mind by Robert Ornstein and Paul Ehrlich. And they break down how young like cognitive thoughts and just like uh the human species is on the planet Earth. 
and they they came up with a like a scale here that I'm going to read. So life on planet Earth, if it were broken down as a calendar year, right? From the beginning till now. All right. Midnight, January 1st, represents the origin of the Earth. And midnight, December 31st, represents current day. Okay? So, one day of Earth's year would represent 12 million years of our actual history. One day. 12 million years. So, on that scale, the first form of life... Simple bacteria would arise somewhere in February. And the first fish, first aquatic life, would appear around November 20th. That's such a huge jump. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The dinosaurs arrive around December 10th and disappear on Christmas Day. Our first human ancestors would not show up until the afternoon of December 31st. <laughs> this is crazy. Homo sapiens would emerge around 11.45 p.m. and all that has happened in recorded history would occur in the final minute of the year. Three, two, <laughs> one. Humans. Oh my God. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, man. You go... You pass through that irremeable void. There's no coming back. That sound... That sound indicates... That's the that's the new word of the night, man. Irremeable... Oh, oh. That's the word of the night. Irremeable, bud. Ah, everybody scream real loud. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so that's how young this is this is this is what the Hebs are dealing with. This is how fucking young and ignorant we are. <laughs> yeah. On that scale. Just think about that. They're coming in here like holy shit. They yeah, got they, a bunch of fucking kids. They gotta be Primates. patient. They gotta be patient and then they're telling our ignorant ass to be patient. Whew. Tough. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, they come down, they're just like, stupid, I'm not gonna let you get the chance. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck, man. Anyway, alright, so I guess the gist of, of all of this, if there were a message in these, uh, these books, eliminate violence, remember how to love, there's no separation. Except when there is, when you have a separate soul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, but uh, it's all, it's I'm all. Not being too critical. All souls are an offshoot from the same source. I mean, yeah. they're all coming from the oneness. Uh, I mean, there's a couple ways to think about it, but you know, here, this is the thing. This is the things we got to implement. No negative thoughts, JPX. No negative yes. thoughts. Love yourself yes. fully. Never forgive is a is a is one lesson. Never forgive. Like don't forgive. <laughs> oh, I'm already. Hey, I, I've mastered that. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like forgiveness is something that you shouldn't. It, it, I know. You know, I got it, you. it's 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 not necessary. Like, 
you should just understand you should have compassion uh yeah whatever nothing to forgive right nothing nothing to forgive it's all love baby even if you're trying to kill me Uh, whatever but anyway so yeah the, the 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 other big point is humans have done and experienced all of this all of us on some level have probably experienced all of these wonderful thoughts of how to live life fully and beautifully and reconnect with the oneness and you know the word god is whatever i feel like it's it doesn't it doesn't not in a religious sense whatever god is like i don't even fucking know the oneness we can and we have seen how to connect or reconnect and remember all these things right and be highly evolved we're all capable of being highly evolved and these highly yeah. evolved beings are here to help us remember how to do that shit. It's a matter of whether or not you're listening. So Neil Donald Walsh is saying this conversation in book four, which he calls the third invitation, because he's had two before his previous novels, third invitation to awaken the species. And, you know, if we're going to do that, all up to you, you know, it's all up to me. It's all up to you. <laughs> It's only the third invitation. That's what he's, they say the third invitation over and over. This is the third invitation. Third and final invitation. This is it. Book four is it, man. What? Dude, they forgot about friendship with God and communion with God. Well, uh, apparently that was a part of the second invitation. Like, um, so... I actually actually got into that a little bit. Uh, yeah, the th- the third invi- the, the third invitation. First invitation was to change the world's mind about God. Second invitation was give people back to themselves. That was the point of all of the books before this book four. So the, I don't know what books fall under invitation one and what books fall under invitation two. But invitation three is to awaken the species. There it is. And he's trying to awaken them by plagiarizing. Am I right? Yeah. Rise and shine. Oh, is that a segue? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 get out of let's get out of the 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 Heb world and back into the Neil Donald Walsh world because there is. Did you know he has nine kids from four marriages? Not to this is not a condemnation. This is just the truth. Wow, he's he's just out there like hitting <laughs> everything. God, <laughs> oh my god! And you know, there's a Conversations with God movie that was made in 2006, and I had some friends actually work on that fucking movie. Oh yeah, yeah, but because you know it was shot in Oregon. But, uh, right. yeah, uh, this, this plagiarism thing that he, he went through back in 2008, did you read up on it? I mean, I just read on it briefly. It's pretty funny. And honestly, I actually kind of believe him. I, not that I always want to keep siding with this guy, but apparently, you know, he's written over 30 fucking books. He's written a shit ton of stuff. So he claims it's just like, man, you could throw, you could hold up some of my text in front of me. And most writers would, 
say the same thing he, he claims like you you could put it up whatever you could you could isolate a few sentences and i wouldn't be able to tell you if that was mine or not and i actually believe him you know in in yeah. certain ways but this lady wrote a christmas story that involved her son whose name is like fucking nicholas or something and it was published in like 98 or 99 and then around I don't know, 2007, 2008, he published the same exact fucking story word for word, except like there's something about the beginning and the end that was slightly changed. And he claimed that it was a file on his computer that was saved with all of his writings. And the name of the son, her son is the same exact name as his son, one of his sons. And he thought he wrote it. Because he doesn't remember everything he writes and therefore doesn't remember all of his experiences in his own life. And he claims it was a trick of the brain that led him to believe that it was his writing. And uh, she doesn't believe him, the, the original author. I don't know how they I don't know how they settled or whatever, but that's fucking hilarious. It's just a thing. It's like, oh, I thought that happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like a. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I thought that happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Right, anyway. Oh, God, indeed. Well, you know, not to not to diminish all of Neil Donald Walsh's accomplishments. I thought that was a pretty funny story. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He... he... He, he gave us back to ourselves and all that. You know, it, I give him a whole lot of slack. If he, he fucks up here and there, he's a human being, you know? Whatever. He's just a human being. You know? I am just like you. You are just like me. <laughs> we are stand, are sit human. when we pee. <laughs> I'm just yeah. a human being. <laughs> yeah. Fear of a black cat reference. Damn right. Got it. Fucking A. I that shit. Well, I think that's about it, man. I mean, I, 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 I like these books. Uh, I have my problems with them, but I, th- I feel like they, they open me up quite a bit at a young age to some, some interesting stuff that has helped me in a, in a sense. I don't really rely on them at all anymore, but I like, I like reading them passages from them every once and again, you know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I, I love the series. I love Neil Donald Walsh for putting it out. You know, who knows if he's crazy or if he's a huckster or whatever, but doesn't really matter. That's the whole point. That's, yeah. Yeah, it's just like he says with the Hebs. Like, he could be a highly evolved being. It doesn't matter. Just listen to the message. Right. That's it. Doesn't matter who's giving it, you know? Yeah. Pretty pretty uh simple it's all simple yeah on its on its face it's simple but anyway jpx thank you for being here with me man yeah no problem you're doing a good job this whole podcast is slicker than coming on a gold tooth dude (laughs) gotta keep it going (laughs) Uh, i got yeah i'll i'll try (laughs) I'll try to shout keep. Out I'll, to, shout out to your new uh, sponsor, Chicken and a Biscuit. Oh boy, you got you got any text for us? 
Yeah. Well, can I read their uh, their sponsorship for this week? Yeah, go for it if you got it. If you got that copy. Yeah, you said if I could. You said that I would be able to read their their sponsor. Hit it. Thing. All right. If your grandest idea of a conversation with God is a dinner with President Pussy grabbing pig shit. If you're more upset about fallen Confederate statues than fallen black people in the streets by police, if you'd rather us spend our national treasure on pointless walls and wars, don't eat Nabisco's chicken and biscuit crackers. Chicken and a biscuit is the official sponsor of Lost Rhetoric, <laughs> Lost Rhetoric and it's for godly holy, enlightened people. Ladies and gentlemen, we are all one. And if you don't eat chicken and a biscuit, then the God in me kindly invites the God in you to go fuck yourself. Oh. So there you go. Chicken and a biscuit. Chicken and a biscuit. Tamara Rawlings and the chicken and a biscuit cracker. I love it, man. Thanks for that. We all needed that. So well, I, you know, I appreciate them funding your podcast. You know. Oh man! So I, I wouldn't be here without chicken and a biscuit. That's for goddamn sure. You'd have to get a job if it weren't for Nabisco. Is all I would. I would have to get a real job. Well, God forbid. Fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. All right, man. Well, love you. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for being here. All right, love you too, man. Thanks. Love the podcast. Glad to be on episode, what, I was on season one, episode 11? Goddamn right. Episode 11, 11, baby. Make a wish. Season one, episode 11. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Late. All right. That was it. That was me and JPX talking deep about the Hebs of CWG. I really got to give JPX a lot of credit we didn't even start that conversation until midnight his time. He's on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast, so he really came through. So lots lots of love and uh and kudos to you, my friend. Thank you for doing it. Um yeah, that's it. Thanks for being with me this week and if you feel so inclined, get online, rate, review, uh like share do anything you can on any platform you got to to spread the word about this this podcast and specifically all, all apple podcast and i uh iphone folks um i know there's a lot of you out there the majority i see i see the statistics <laughs> the majority of folks who listen to this podcast are using apple podcast and listening on their iphones so if you can get on apple podcast and rate and review i would appreciate it so much it really helps a lot with uh, the visibility of this show and it helps me get new listeners so yeah that's that's it just if 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 you got 30 seconds to just click click a couple buttons maybe maybe say a few words they don't even have to be nice just say a few words if you want i would really appreciate it but other than that as usual contact me 
lostrhetoricpodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at Lost Rhetoric Podcast, on Facebook at Lost Rhetoric Pod. And yeah, that's it. I'll see you next week. And until then, stay safe.